I think a lot of people in our country today, they really don't know who we are as Americans. They don't know who we are because they don't understand our history. They don't understand where we've come from. And they've been told a lie recently. So I think one thing is to, for clarity of who we are as Americans. And the second thing is, if we want to see a difference, if we want to see change, if we want to see our nation go back to a, a moral foundation, you know, if we want to see goodness replace evil, then it means we've got to get involved. America is great because America is good. If America ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. That quote from Daniel E. Johnson from his book, Making America Good Again. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today we have the author of that book and that great quote. we got Dan Johnson mm. with us. Dan, welcome back to Mid-South Thank Viewpoint. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And, of course, my dear friend Bob Gabehart, who is worship pastor at First Assembly Memphis. Bob, it's always good to see you. Thank you, Byron. You're a busy guy. I am, especially right now. We're getting ready for a big production. You're bringing Celebrate America to the church, something that you've done in the past. It is, but we usually do it around the July 4th celebration. This year, we moved it to President's Day, something a little bit different. Actually, our Saturday night performance is George Washington's birthday. This year, we're adding a brand new element to our show called the President's Hall of Fame. And it's going to be a dramatic presentation that's uh, highlighting some of the more significant presidents we've had in our history. This is going to be great. I remember as a child, some of my birthdays would coincide. My birthday is February 21st. Oh. And sometimes it would coincide close to President's Day. So I remember having a little axe with my cake, and <laughs> just, I guess for the cherry tree, right? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, this is a grand event. Of course, your father-in-law, Dan, here. He's our special guest speaker for the event, yes. And he did that last year. Last summer, yes. Dan, you and your wife, Martha, have been married now for... 67 oh, years. Boy. Is that right? 60, is it, I think <laughs> it's, I pulled it's, my calculator out because it, it, will was, be, it will be 67 this very soon. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and so where did you meet Martha? Uh, I, um, I, I grew up in North Dakota. I came down to Dyersburg, Tennessee to hold a revival meeting in 1952, and I saw her out there in the audience, and I said, I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> Literally true. So was it a hard task for you to win her favor? or uh, Her mother was on to me all the time. <laughs> you know, he was a Yankee from North Dakota, right? And uh, Martha was a Southern Belle from Dyersburg, Tennessee. The best thing that ever happened to me, no question about it. Wow, that's a great story. Of course, Bob is good friends with the Bots. The Bot family grew up with... I grew up yes. in Kansas City, yes. yes. Did uh, you grow up with David I sang, or Rich? I sang with their daughter. Oh, uh, Arla. Arla, yeah, yeah. We sang in uh, what they called um, something dimensions in Youth for Christ. We did their weekly television show, and we uh, got to go to the Bots' uh, lake house and ski. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I'm well familiarized with the Bot family. We talked about that in the past. And I'll tell you, an, an impact that you probably didn't realize you had... On my life as a young teenager who did not know Christ, I was probably 14, 15 years old, and there was a television show that came on the PTO Club hosted by Jim Baker. Mm. This was before all of the controversy that that happened. I think you guys, you and your wife, Diane, met as PTL singers, right? Well, not my wife, but I was in the first PTL singers, Okay, you were part of that group. Uh, So I was on uh, the television show for a little over a year, yeah. So probably at that same time, I remember, because there would be some really clear gospel presentations, Mm -hmm. it was was almost like the the Christian version of The Tonight Show. Jim would sit there at the desk, and here comes Billy Graham to sit out to talk to him about the Lord. And God used that, planted seeds in my life. That's cool. I didn't know that story. 
right. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so again, Celebrate America featuring the Hall of Presidents, February 22nd, 6 to 8 p.m., and then again on February 23rd during the morning service at First Assembly Memphis. 1030, 1030. yes. 1030. Mm-hmm. So you decided to make this event, tie it with President's Day for something different. Yes. And, you know, of course, we're in a presidential election year. Right. So obviously, uh, this is very much on the minds of people. Yeah, we're adding that element to our production this year. And I think it's so important to understand that, you know, we are a nation whose founders believed in God. They were not ashamed of it. And many of them declared their foundational belief in the Word of God, the Bible. And, of course, it's a basis for much of our our, our laws, our Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and you go on and on, there's reference uh, to uh, Scripture. Anyway, we have some uh, wonderful um, moments of presidential history. In fact, Abraham Lincoln will be doing the whole Gettysburg Address in this uh, President's Hall of Fame. So it's going to be a great event. I'm I'm competing with some great people. <laughs> That's not going to be easy. I think you can handle yeah. it, Dan. Now, history, you're kind of a history buff, along with being a retired pastor. As a matter of fact, as you mentioned, you grew up in North Dakota. Your father was a pioneer preacher. He was the first superintendent of the Assemblies of God in correct. North, North Dakota. Dakota. Yeah. I come from a family of uh, preachers. All four of my brothers were preachers. And my father, a pioneer preacher. And you know, growing up in North Dakota, had not traveled much. It's a little small state, as you know. And so when I went away to college and be, began doing some traveling, went to the New England states. And I was fascinated by what I saw. I drove the back roads and the highways and the old villages, sought out the old landmarks and churches and so on. And I thought, where did this come from? What were the ideas that were the foundation of this country? And I found, as you know, that God and liberty are so inseparably linked in our history that if you separate the God from the liberty idea, then we lose it all. Well, you know, Dan, you hear these voices, and of course, from the Christian perspective, that there were founding fathers, as, as Bob has mentioned, that believed in God and the values of the Bible. Is just really true? Oh, there's there's no question about it. Almost every one of the 55 delegates to the uh, Constitutional Convention in 1787 were church members, all but maybe three or four. And those who weren't, like Benjamin Franklin, believed in God, as you know so well, and it, it was he who suggested they begin each day activity with prayer. The tragedy we're seeing today is the unraveling of our culture. And the reason we're doing that is because when you separate God from your country— Everything falls apart. Is it true, Dan, that the text of the Bible was the only book the pilgrims and the Puritans brought with them to this new land? That is correct. They weren't, in fact, at that time, they weren't free to publish a book. So so that was the only book they had, and they brought with them the, the great Geneva Bible. And I mentioned the last time I was here, the first textbook those early settlers used was the New England Primer which I know you have a copy of, and it's all Bible. And every one of the founders, they learned the alphabet by learning a Bible verse after every letter. You think about it. Think of how our country could be so much better today if our children were taught the things that they learned in our early days. Well, I think I told you, gentlemen, last time we got together, when I was in public school, I can still remember first, second, maybe even third grade public school here in Memphis. We had a class chaplain. Their responsibility every morning before class was to read a selection of Bible, 
we would pray in class, and then we would have the Pledge of Allegiance uh, to the yeah. flag. Yes. That was our morning routine at Kingsbury Elementary School right here Amazing. in Memphis, Tennessee. Amazing. Yeah. And nobody protested. Today, for some strange reason, patriotism has, has almost taken on a bad name. You're bad if you love your country. A patriot is someone who, who loves and supports and is willing to defend his country. And as a very wise man said a long time ago, there is no greater sorrow on earth than the sorrow of losing your native land. And we could lose our native land if we tell God we don't need his presence anymore. Bob, even some Christians might dispute thinking, do we need to be that patriotic to our country as followers of Christ? Shouldn't we be more concerned about the world as a whole? Well, what I found uh, in doing this production that there's very few people presenting the message we present. There's very few patriotic productions anymore. It's very few people Mm. celebrating our history, our foundation. As Pastor Dan was just saying, it's interlinked. It's interlinked who we are as a people. You know, we are a Christian nation. No matter what anybody wants to say, our foundational beliefs, our structure, the majority of people who are here in America, it's a Christian nation. It's not a Muslim nation. You know, it's not a Hindu nation. It's primarily a Christian nation. I think it encourages people to understand that. And I I think something I would just add here, too, 30, 40 years ago, Christians almost thought to get involved in politics was a negative, as if the Christians didn't need to be a part of that dirty political world. And that's where we lost our voice. That's where they took prayer out of schools. That's where all this stuff happened, because Christians were not involved in leadership. And so I think it's very important for people who are people of faith to get involved in our government, to get involved in representing our beliefs and our structures so we do have a voice in the direction that our country goes. I think many of our listeners will be familiar with Dr. Albert Moeller. He wrote in an article, The Eclipse of God, The Subversion of Truth and the Assault Upon Religious Liberty, where he said, The very civilization that paid such an incalculable price through the centuries in order to defend and preserve human rights and human liberty now grows hostile to the most basic liberty of all. So, Dan, how did this happen? Well, it began little by little, and I remember a great quote, and I I often think of this Horace Greedy said, It is impossible morally and socially to enslave a Bible-reading people. You you just think of that, because America is the only country in the history of the earth that was founded primarily to embrace human freedom. Those hardy souls who crossed the Atlantic in little wooden boats came for freedom. That's why liberty is inscribed on every coin in your purse or pocketbook. And freedom to worship God as we so choose. Yeah. Yeah. Chai Feldblum, formerly with Georgetown University Law Center and later appointed by President Barack Obama to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission over a decade ago, admitted in a public statement that religious liberty would have to give way to the new sexual or erotic liberty. This new sexual liberty was invented by moral revolutionaries enshrined by the U.S. Supreme Court and now used as a weapon of cultural and legal warfare. Is this where we're going, Dan? That, that's where we're going, and that's where we are today. We need to be aware of this. If we're not aware of what's happening, it, all of a sudden we'll wake up to discover that the country we knew is gone. Mm-hmm. And it's a tragic thing to be conscious of this fact that it's easier to retain 
and fight and protect your freedoms than it is to regain them if you lose them. Well, it was Alexander Solzhenitsyn once spoke of hearing older Russians explain the disasters their nations had experienced in the 20th century. He says, men have forgotten God. That's why all this has happened. And here's a perfect example, as you mentioned, forgetting God, leaving God out of the equation where we see a nation like Russia. Yeah. Alexander Solzhenitsyn addressing a Harvard audience quoted that statement again. He said, we have forgotten God, and they booed him. He said that booing at the Harvard University hurt worse than his years in the Soviet gulag. Oh, mm. my. Yeah. So that's, that is a deliberate, open, public rejection of the God who gave us freedom. Our Declaration of Independence states that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It seems that we want to take the life, the liberty, and the happiness, but without the responsibility and the accountability to Almighty God. No question about it. That's where we are today. It affects our homes, our schools, our churches. Someone said, when man replaces God as the final arbiter, in marriage, business, politics, begins to fall apart. Because uh, we're idolaters when we think we can do what only God can do for us. These truths that we talk about, This isn't opinions. These aren't values or some social constructs. These are truths, but we seem to be blinded by that. Yeah, It's because of our own darkness of heart. That is very true. We we reject that. It's interesting what you just quoted. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are. Two words in there, the creator and truths. Those are the two big things right now that we're, we're wrestling with in our country. Whether or not there is a creator and who is he and what kind of a God is he, and what does he expect from us? And the other is the idea of truth, the idea of absolute truth. When there is no such thing as absolute truth, there's no truth at all. There are no underpinnings, nothing, no no guide. The foundations are cracked. And then the whole edifice comes down. Going back to Al Mohler's article, he says, remember this, liberty depends upon the existence of truth. Truth depends on the existence of God. No God, no truth, no liberty no human dignity, no human rights, mm-hmm. no religious liberty. That is a heavy is statement mm-hmm. to think about, right? That is very true. That is true. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And the idea of religious freedom, not just the idea of worshiping a god in some way, but it is exercising it. That's where the rub comes today. Nobody cares if you or I worship God, but sometimes they get a little squeamish if we decide to bring it into our, our lives. Yeah, so if we keep it in the church Keep house, it in the church. But house. don't take it out of there, then we're okay, right? Mm-hmm. Keep it private. Keep it private. That, that is correct. Okay, what do we know about George Washington and his relationship with God? I'm assuming you did some research. Well, it's interesting. I'm reading his biography right now and watching a television show called Turn on Netflix. It's all about... Uh, Revolutionary Times and George Washington. Uh, George Washington often declared uh, any movement in time, whether it be a battle or a decision, he talked about providence. George Washington was kind of careful. He, uh, in the development of our nation in the beginning, he didn't want to, you know, exclude people. He wanted it to include everybody, but he was unashamedly um, a person who declared that providence that god brought this about yeah you know and he he was a man who um 
who was very moral and encouraged moral standards in his military. And uh, so it, we, he, he had a very firm foundation, at least he declared in the providence of God, yeah. you know, a higher being. Wasn't his granddaughter that published some of his prayers? There's a mm-hmm. book of his prayers I've read. Powerful. They're very powerful. Very powerful. Yeah, and some of the, uh, the commitments he made, some of the resolutions he made as a young person, the things he would do in his life, you can find them. And it's, it's, there, there's no mm-hmm. question but what he was a man who was guided by God. And he and as Bob said, he wanted to live a life that was yeah. pure before God. It's interesting, too, gentlemen. The Washington Monument is the tallest building in D.C., which we know. There's some Latin words inscribed at the top. Now, I don't speak Latin or read Latin, mm-hmm. but what do those words say in English? What is it? Help me. You know what? I think I forgot to write that part down. <laughs> I think it basically is glory to God. I might have some of the words out of place. And it's yes. interesting, isn't it, that that's the tallest building in Washington. So again, Bob, you're bringing Celebrate America to First Assembly Memphis, February 22nd and 23rd. Do you have to have tickets? You do not. It's free admission, and we do this for the community. So everybody is in invited a Saturday night at 6.30 and Sunday morning at 10.30. Actually, Saturday night at 6. Excuse me. What were some of the essentials that you felt that just had to be part of this presentation? Well, one of the elements of our presentation we do every year is called a salute to our military forces. And we have people from every branch of the military, uh, and they include young men who are just uh, enlisting into a branch, or we have some veterans who are 80 years old. And they come up at the front, and we play their military song. And uh, when they do, we have a representative of that branch. And then everybody in the audience who are either veterans or serving in that branch, they stand up. And it's a great time where we honor wow. our men and women who serve in our military branches. So that's a very, very important very part of our, time too, yeah, I'm sure. our service. Now, you yeah. mentioned this Hall of Presidents. I remember many years ago going to Disney Orlando. I don't know if it's still around, but like a Hall of Believe Presidents. Believe it, they, they still do. And our presentation will be similar to that. Mine is a little bit different that we end ours talking about how our presidents depended upon God. It begins with George W. Bush, the day after 9-11. We do that segment where he's talking to our nation. And he ends his time referring to Psalm 23, the wow. Lord is our shepherd. Mm. Then we have quotes from uh, other presidents, uh, Ronald Reagan and other presidents, who refer to the Word of God and the importance of that in our lives and in our nation. So I, I've drafted the end of our President's Hall of Fame to be a little more relational to the church. And probably you use real humans in your presentation. I think they have, we ro- do. They have robots, I think. Yeah, ours will be live humans. You're right. <laughs> so people are going to be able to hear speeches that were actually delivered by First President George Washington, listening to speech from JFK, and actually watch Abraham Lincoln deliver the Gettysburg. Yeah, as well as many other presidents, but it's going to be, it's be a great event, yeah. Give us some insight into the musical selections. You've got your basic. Have you written any special arrangements for the production? Oh, it's a great mixture of music, uh, all kinds of, of different presentations. From uh, We do one of the uh, numbers from Celtic Women, if you're familiar yeah. with them. We do All of America, and we have this beautiful girl who's a violinist. And so it's a, a wide variety. The choir does some big choir numbers, you know, and we end up with a Star Spangled Banner with the big production. So there's just a big variety of music. You know, Bob, a lot of folks don't realize what goes on inside the walls of First Assembly Memphis when it comes to musical presentations is like one of the best-kept secrets in town, attributed largely to you, of course, the well, Lord, you. I know, and the team that you have there. 
But I hear people who attend your productions and they come out and say, wow, it was like, like going to Broadway. <laughs> that, it's that caliber of production because yeah. I mean, you've got full choir, you've got incredible soloists, full orchestra. Yes, we are very blessed. And a lot of times people do say this is something like we see on Broadway or in Las Vegas, uh, at least for the excellence of the performance. So we strive for that. That's excellent. Dan, in your book, Making America Good Again, there's a chapter on broken cisterns. What do you mean by broken cisterns? Well, and maybe for some of our younger audience that might not know what a cistern is. <laughs> I had somebody ask me, what's a cistern? <laughs> the cistern was where, they, it's where their, their water supply was held. When one of the old prophets talked about you've discarded the cisterns where the pure water is and you've turned to broken cisterns. And that's the strange thing we're doing in this country today, turning away from the truth to the impurity. And the result of it is just disastrous. So we need to get back to the living water instead of the cracked cisterns of our day. It's interesting. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to travel to Israel and actually go inside one of these cisterns mm, you're talking mm. about from ancient days, it's all crusty and dry, and there's no life in there, you know? We don't want to allow our church to become that type of cistern where it's not allowing the flow of the Holy Spirit to move and to teach and instruct and correct, too, that we need that, yeah. you know, which comes from God's Word, of yeah, course. Yeah, The problems we're facing today are too big and too challenging to attempt to solve those problems by ourselves. Byron, one of the things about our our production too is is a call for people to uh, get involved, and I think that's the key. Um, you know, we talk about what's wrong with America today, or what's not what it used to be, and all those things. But the the call is for men and women of God to get involved, to speak up, share their voice, to make a difference in our community, and that's what we're called as Christ followers. We're called to be difference makers. Part of this presentation is a call to people who are Christ followers to get involved, to share your voice, to make your voice known and make a difference in the world in which we live. I think you've kind of answered that question, but if you want to kind of build on a little bit more on what you hope people will take away after seeing Celebrate America, what's the takeaway you hope they'll leave home with? Well, one thing is I hope they'll understand better who we are. I think a lot of people in our country today, they really don't know who we are as Americans. They don't know who we are because they don't understand our history. They don't understand where we've come from. And they've been told a lie recently. So I think one thing is for clarity of who we are as Americans. And the second thing is if we want to see a difference, if we want to see change, if we want to see our nation go back to a a moral foundation – you know, if we want to see goodness replace evil, then it means we've got to get involved. Christians have got to get involved. That's the message. Dan, will you be bringing anything new to this year's presentation compared to what you did last time? Well, it's a challenge to the parents and the children. When I go to First Assembly on a Sunday morning and see young families bringing in their little children to the nursery, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm thinking to myself, before you can blink an eye, those youngsters will be teenagers. And they're facing a world that is increasingly hostile to Jesus. So the challenge that is ours today as parents and as church people is to be sure they know who we are, where we came from, the price that was paid for, these freedoms we enjoy. So that's a pretty heavy challenge that is upon us. As we wrap up here, 
What, Dan, do you enjoy most about participating in Celebrate America? You know, it's crazy. I'm a slow learner. I go over <laughs> stuff. Oh, I go over it and over it and over it. Bob is a good extemporaneous speaker. I just got to go over it and over it and over it. But when I do, it goes way down deep because I feel so deeply. I think of General Pinckney, who was a delegate to the Constitutional Convention in 1787. He said, if I had a vein that did not beat with the love of my country... I would open it. Well, I feel that way. I love this country. I love that from my children, my grandchildren. We need to do something we're not now doing, or our children will grow up in an America unlike what we grew up in. I want to tell you something that Dan did several years ago. He wrote a book, Come Home America. He went to Washington, D.C. Am I correct? You mm-hmm. personally handed mm-hmm. it to every senator or House of Representatives? 535 members of Congress. Every one of them. <laughs> Nobody read it. That was <laughs> my problem. Nobody read it. That's what the problem we are today. If they read your book, Dan, yeah, they, we wouldn't be in the mess they, we are, they, right? They, they, that's <laughs> well, I said that to share how much he believes yes. what he's saying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. God has his purpose and reason. It doesn't make us better than other nations, but he has blessed no. us by no. giving us life in this country. There are freedoms. There's responsibilities that we have as American citizens. The Apostle Paul used the fact that he was a Roman citizen, you know, exactly. and that granted him opportunities to proclaim the gospel. Exactly. And that freedom right now, we do have to proclaim the gospel, and we need to protect that. We do indeed, because there are those who take it away from us if they can. Byron, I'm glad that Bot Radio has their mission. They are someone who has a voice, you know, that goes out to the public every it's day. certainly true that declares uh, the Word of God, declares truth, declares what is good and right, and I'm, I'm glad that Bot Radio exists. Well, I'm glad we can partner with you as a local church to share this event. Again, Celebrate America, friend. Don't miss it. Saturday, yeah. February 22nd, is the event at 6 p.m., and then on Sunday morning, 1030, which will be the 23rd, 23rd. Yes. Okay. Give us the directions to the church. It's very easy to find. You could go east on Walnut Grove from Germantown Parkway. Before you get to Sanger Road, the church will be on your left. Can't miss it. No. Dr. Tom Lindbergh, he's a dear friend. Yes. And, uh, one of the best. Great man of God. Well, friends, thanks for listening to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Please pray for and also come out and celebrate America with First Assembly, February 22nd, 23rd. For more details, you can also go to the website, and that website is? I think it's famemphis.org. I think you're right, oh, sure. actually. I think you're right, famemphis.org. I think you're exactly right. Google it. You're going to find it. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk to you next time, friends. Thanks for listening. I'm Byron Tyler.